The connection between you and your therapist matters. That's why Alma focuses on helping you find the right someone to talk to, not just anyone. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search by what you want to focus on, like anxiety, relationships, or big life transitions. You can also specify preferences around gender, race, faith, and more to help you find someone who's more likely to understand where you're coming from. Alma also makes it easy for therapists to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of providers in their directory accept insurance for sessions, so you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash not just anyone to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash not just anyone. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. No one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filippone. Hey everyone, it's First and Pod. I'm Danny Parkins, that's Andrew Filipponi. I host Afternoons on the Score in Chicago. He does the same, except on the fan in Pittsburgh. We do, do this podcast called First and Pod every week, where we go over every team and every game. And for the first time ever after this Bills-Bengals game, 24-18, to a Cincinnati winner, we're going live on the Scores YouTube page. So if you're watching live, we appreciate you. If you're checking this out the day after via podcast, we appreciate you as well. So, Pony, let's get right to it. Um, I find myself – listen, both these teams are interesting, obviously. Since he has saved their season, Burrow has bounced back from the injury. All four AFC North teams would make the playoffs if the season ended today. Um, but Buffalo – they have not figured out anything outside of Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. 38 pass attempts for Allen, eight rushing attempts. That's 46 plays. Murray had two handoffs. Cook had six. So that means eight of their, what, 54 plays were non-Josh Allen plays? That's insane. They have no they have they have no counter to Josh Allen. They've got to figure something else out or they're going to miss the playoffs. Well, that's where I was at the beginning of the year and you ripped me for it. I thought Buffalo was a fraudulent team and I had to eat a little bit of crow when they went out and and shellacked bad teams and I kind of thought they were going to be 
uh, a winner tonight because I prefer them in situations where they're an underdog and they don't have a lot of pressure on them to win. And I thought that's plus the Hamlin emotional thing, even though he didn't play tonight, I thought would boost their morale as well. And uh, they got a lot wrong with them. Um, I think I would start with the offensive coordinator. I think they've lost a lot from Dable to Dorsey in the last two years. It, it seems like every play is drawn up in the dirt with Josh Allen and pray that he does something. That that's their that's their offense. Outside of what they scripted for the opening drive, nothing else seemed easy in this game. Uh, their offensive line, which I thought had stabilized in the in September and October is back to what I thought it would be before the season. It's not good. It got pushed around in this game. Allen was running for his life. No holes in the running game. And after Diggs, they have just not surrounded Allen with with good enough players. Not enough playmakers whatsoever. They should have gone after DeAndre Hopkins or Adam Thielen or any of those guys or made a trade at the deadline to upgrade their wide receiver core because Davis did nothing. Kincaid fumbled. Cook, like you said, didn't even get to 25 yards rushing in this game. Yeah, uh, Buffalo's very lucky that everyone else in the division lost today because uh, in their road games this year, they have one win and 11 turnovers. That's the Bills. I mean, yeah, if Buffalo wins the game, they're in first place in the AFC East after Miami's loss and given that they beat them head-to-head. So a massive missed opportunity you say trade for another wide receiver, and listen, I, I'm a pass first, pass second, pass third guy, but this is extreme even for me. Like, I, I'm not a defensive coordinator, but I imagine they have to be a fairly easy team to, def- to defend and game plan against when you literally do not have to worry about called running plays. Well, you they heard have- what Collinsworth said during the game, that the offensive line said, we don't call them RPOs, we call them PROs. Because all Allen does in those situations is want to throw the ball. So that actually falls back on him. Yeah. Where in all these situations where he has options, he elects to throw the ball. So, yeah, I I think that they're in trouble. Um, I think that they're a bubble playoff team right now, depending on what happens with the Jets and Chargers tomorrow night. But it feels like a team that missed, missed its window to win a Super Bowl, which is what I said about this team in the summer. And for the Bengals, Danny, uh, Burrow is back. The calf thing is behind him. He's running around making plays. Uh, Their defense shows up in big games with their defensive coordinator, who is very, very good. And so right now, uh, if I'm Kansas City, and we'll get to them in a second, I'm thinking there's a pretty good chance that I see the Bengals again in the AFC Championship game, back-to-back-to-back years. Yeah, I was thinking about, like, could... Are the Bengals the second most complete team in the AFC? Them in Baltimore, right? Well, you got Jacksonville in there now, too. But who and I know I Miami to... likes to consider themselves oh, there. Too bad. I... We'll get to them. But, uh, yeah, Cincinnati, to me, you just give them the benefit of the doubt. Yep. And I had a hard time doing that early in the season when I saw Burrow limping around. I didn't think his cap was going to get healthy this season. But it has, and now that he's back to being Joey Burrow, uh, they're as dangerous as any team in football. All right, let's get to the games. It was a crazy day with seriously marquee matchups in every window starting at 9.30 Eastern with Chiefs and Dolphins. But then it also featured 
Josh Dobbs, Jaron Hall, Taylor Heineke, Clayton Toon, Brett Rippon, Aiden O'Connell, Tommy DeVito, and Tyson Bajant. Like it, this was a this was a wild, like wide ranging yeah. NFL day. But Chiefs and Dolphins, marquee game of the day, best international game ever. Do you think the reaction to this game will finally be? This is the week where the Chiefs defense gets the love it deserves. No, I don't think it'll be. I think it'll be what's up with with what's up with their offense. And Still, yes, absolutely. I mean, they held to it under two hundred yards. You you don't think you don't think the question is going to be what's up with Mahomes and why can't this team? look like the juggernaut offensively that they that they have been for the last half decade? I think we've been asking that question for the majority of the season, and it is still a valid question. I'm yep. not saying that it isn't, but doing what they did, Tua's worst game of the year, Tyreek Hill's second worst game of the season, a defensive touchdown with the highlight of the day, with Cook high-stepping Deion Sanders 75 yards down the right sideline, holding a team that scored 70 in a game this year to 14. I feel like, I mean, everybody's flawed. This should be the day where the defense gets some love and some praise. That's an well, I think it might, but I don't think I think it's gonna come sec- I think it's gonna come secondary to questions about their offense. They got shut out in the second half and they couldn't get third and one with the game on the line. Um the, the bottom line take for me about this game is that it did not even come close to living up to expectations. The Chiefs won and they won ugly and they'll say that that's a good thing because eventually the, their offense will come, will catch up to their defense and probably even pass, pass it at some point this year. But a lot of people got up out of bed early this morning to watch this game and it really didn't deliver whatsoever. I mean, the Dolphins made a game of it in the second half, but it was 21 to nothing. The total in the game was 60. I wanted a game that looked like the Rams and Chiefs game on Monday Night Football a number of years ago. I mean, that's what everybody was hoping for. And the Dolphins are frauds who don't play well against good teams. And the Chiefs offense looks broken right now. Kelsey needs to get Taylor Swift back at these games, apparently, because he does shit in the games where she's not there. It's very weird. Yeah, cancel the international tour that will make her millions of dollars uh, personally every single night in order to but hit the Mahomes wasn't drops. even looking to him. It was so strange. It was really weird, man. He vowed after the game that they're going to figure it out offensively. They obviously deserve the benefit of the doubt. And here's the thing, man. Even what would you say they are right now? A league average offense, slightly above average? I say slightly above average. And what would you say their defense is? Top three. And their coach? The best in, in in football. So if we didn't know about what their offensive standards were for the last half decade, and you said top three defense, top call it 12 offense, and the best coach and a quarterback you trust in big games, you'd be like, oh, okay. That team can win the Super Bowl. So it's different. It's a it's a different formula for them. Well, they won't. If if this is who they are in January, they won't win the Super Bowl because they won't win three games with this offense. They they just won't. 
Somebody will, someone, someone like they did to the Eagles defense last year, someone will hang a big number on them and they'll need to score more than 28 points to get by them. I, I assume their offense will improve between now and then, but man, 14 points for Miami and holding them to three of 12 on third down. That's a statement performance. Cowboys Eagles is next. What is Dallas missing that prevents them from breaking through? Is this a macro thing about every year since 1996, or is this specific to today and this season? I mean, I was thinking more specifically for this team this year, uh, because obviously they they could have won the game, right? Like Dak, if he doesn't step out of bounds, get on the two-point conversion, then they're down three, then the drive at the end is good enough to kick a game-tying field goal. Uh, The tight end getting tackled uh, just short of the goal line. Like Dallas obviously could have won uh, this game, but I was thinking about it. Like Their defense is good enough to be second best in the NFC in terms of points allowed. They've got a quarterback who's good enough to throw for nearly 400 yards in this game, even though we've been talking about Philly's pass defense being really suspect this year in the secondary. I think CeeDee Lamb's the eighth best receiver in football. He's certainly top 10. Like They've got a coach who I hate, but he actually is calling a pretty aggressive game overall this year. I just, I don't really get what this team is lacking but they're clearly lacking something. What is it? Well, the quarterback is not, you know, he's not top five or top eight. So in matchups against team where the other guy's better, like today, Hertz is going to make maybe three or four more plays, like the play where Dak stepped out of bounds or even the fourth down play where he's throwing to Tolbert with the game on the line instead of C.D. Lamb. I mean, that's just a huge mistake in that situation. If the guy's wide open and he's your fourth receiver, I get it, but he wasn't. It was a contested play. That was just a bad decision by Dak there. I think their offensive 374 line, yards and three yeah, touchdowns. Their offensive line, I think, is overrated. I think they got pushed around today in big moments. They can't run the ball. They're down near the goal line. They're getting stopped on that play where the tight end, the rookie from Michigan, has his knee down. You know, I think in a way they miss Zeke. I never thought I'd say that. But if Pollard was the number one guy and, and Zeke was there as the hammer in situations like that, they used the running backs correctly. I think that would have helped them in this game today. Uh, the stats have been great for them for now two and a half years, where they're like top five in offense and top five in defense, but they always find a way to lose games like this, man. It, and I, 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 got, I got snookered in. I thought that they were going to show up here. And they did show up, but they didn't, again, make the plays that mattered in the critical moments of the game, which has been the story of the Cowboys for decades now. Jalen Hurts is so impressive. And he's not 100% either. And that makes it even even bigger that he's got that knee problem and he's still out there and he's doing it with his arm and not his – I know he had a rushing touchdown, but he's doing it with his arm this year, Danny. He's taking that next step as 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 a complete quarterback. But I mean, he he built on it. I mean, he was hung thirty five in a loss in the Super Bowl. Like he 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 was yeah, exactly. dropping he he was dropping dimes throughout the playoffs last year. So it's not even like a new thing for this year. But it's just a continuation. Like he, I I'd still give it to Burrow, but he's got a real argument 
to be the second to be considered the second best quarterback in the world right now. Like I wouldn't give it to him, but he definitely if we were if we were doing that show, he would deserve consideration. Uh, another guy, Lamar Jackson, would have some claims to it. Ravens Seahawks. You have not been a believer in this Ravens team as a Super Bowl contender. Did this ass kicking today change your mind? Oh man, and and you and you stack that on top of what happened in the Lions game with them yeah. too. Okay, yeah. So these are two when they've been at home and they've played good teams, contending teams, they've crushed them. Now there's just this NFC thing with Jackson. He's 18 and one against NFC teams, teams that don't see the Ravens a lot, uh, don't know what to do against them. You compare that to the team I'm I'm watching all the time, the Steelers, and they do have Lamar Jackson's number. He's never even had a rushing touchdown against them. So I have to admit that bias. I see the guy a lot in the in the games he plays against my team, he doesn't do well in. Um they had nearly 300 and, yards of rushing oh, today. Yeah, and, and their and, and their defensive stats are incredible. Romo was so obnoxious during the game, though. I mean, he couldn't stop every every possession was this team's going to win the Super Bowl. Uh, they've been here before the last couple of years with Jackson. Six and two, five and three, six and three. They get to the midpoint of the season with a very good record. I understand it feels different because they're not just beating teams, they're blowing them out. But the guy's got to stay healthy. I mean, that's the, just like, you know, there was that conditional that was put on everything with the Dolphins before the season because of two was concussions. The way the last two years have finished with Lamar, you've got to do that, Danny. I mean, that's that that that's going to be 60 rushing yards again today. He's using his legs. So I worry about that with him. So here's why it looks different to me. One thing that's like an eye test thing and one thing that's a numbers thing. The eye test thing is he seems to just be much more comfortable trusting himself throwing the ball and I know that's like a really basic thing but dropping arm angles being creative manipulating defenses like he just he just looks comfortable and then he was a 62 percent completion percentage guy the last two years he's at 70 this year that's elite Mm -hmm. that's like what we normally associate you know Kirk Cousins Derek Carr like checkdown artists as, and he's when you combine the rushing touchdowns, you know he's four to one touchdown to turnover this year, with 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 seventy percent completion percentage, and they've they, I mean I don't know Cincinnati, Seattle, Detroit, Cleveland on the road, they. They've got the most impressive resume right now in terms of teams. Well, the Cleveland game, you can't really count because the rookie from UCLA played at quarterback that day, so things came easy for him. But the two, the wins against the Lions and Seahawks, you, know, you, you, you give them full merit and full marks for those. Next week's big. I mean, right now, I'm guessing with what happened with Miami, the Ravens are going to wake up tomorrow as the second favorite in the AFC. And they got a chance to solidify that, or make, I, they won't pass Kansas City with with their bye week. No, but you beat the Browns at home. Uh, that's a playoff team as as of the moment. You get to eight and two. I mean, they, again, it would take a Lamar Jackson injury for them to miss the playoffs at this. Point. What a terrible soft Charmin showing by the Seahawks, though. Yeah. Yep. Just I pathetic. agree. Just pathetic. okay. Selling a little. 
or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast the national sales event is on at your toyota dealer making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car like a legendary camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive you can count on your new camry to get anywhere you need to go and with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Next up, the Falcons and Vikings. So we're getting to the games that were not great on paper, but the next two were had just amazing finishes. Falcons and, and storylines. And storylines, right. How impressed are you with what Josh Dobbs did today? I'll let you have first crack at this one. 9.8 out of 10. Like about as impressed as I can be. Like not at all saying he's going to be a superstar or anything like that. But I read like three stories from different writers after this game just to like get as many anecdotes as I could. I watched Kevin O'Connell's like three and a half minute edited locker room speech. He didn't take a single rep in practice with the offense. He had never taken a snap from their center until they they were warming up before the game. He didn't know dudes' names. Uh, Jordan Addison was telling him what his routes were going to be in the the huddle. Like, he was, like, helping him with the play calls. O'Connell was, like, walking him up to 15 seconds when the uh, communication would shut off on damn near every snap, like reminding him what the plays were. That's amazing. Amazing stuff. And great job by like them and their coaching and their infrastructure and all of it uh, in order to do it. I, It's a tough thing to do, I've heard, to play quarterback in the NFL. 
That was amazing, man. It really well, was. The, the funny thing about that, though, is now we've seen it in back-to-back years where Baker Mayfield had no uh, build-up to when he got cut by Carolina and went to the Rams. Rams game, that yeah. Week and played, that was his best game of the year. So maybe there's something to the idea that there's no paralysis by analysis. But with Dobbs, it's so different because he is a bookworm. I mean, he's one of the smartest guys in the NFL. He, he's a rocket scientist. He's just a he's a Mensa member. Uh, you know, I, I know I know him through his days being with the Steelers when he was drafted and then backed up Ben here. Roethlisberger loves the guy, raved about him just having that kind of brain and intel on the sideline to go talk to. And he's carved out a career for himself. I told you earlier in the season that I thought he might get traded when Murray got healthy, but instead they just punted on the season in in Arizona. He goes to Minnesota. I never forecasted this. That last drive, I don't care if it's Mahomes, the throws he made to Addison for a first down, on the sideline, and then the run he had on fourth fourth down to keep the game going, that's franchise quarterback stuff there from him. And it's give Minnesota credit, man, because when Jefferson went out and Cousins went out, it would have been very easy for them to trade Hunter and to just kick the can down the road on their season. They didn't in... In NFC, where it's probably hard to come up with seven playoff teams, they're back in the mix now, even without Cousins for the rest of the year. Shocking result. And Atlanta should be embarrassed with how they played, too, by the way. Their coach is a joke. He might get fired at the end of the year, even though his dad's a billionaire. And, and what? why did they draft B. John Robinson? Yeah, that's, that, that, that's what I was alluding to when I said that. It's I know just- he fumbled, but still. <laughs> I mean, it's just insanity. Complete and utter insanity. Um, all right. Houston, Tampa, CJ Stroud, 474 yards passing shatters Andrew Luck's record for most passing yards in a game by a rookie leads them down the field against a bad Tampa pass defense at the end for a length of the field game winning touchdown drive. Is it hyperbole to say that CJ Stroud is or has a chance to be the best rookie quarterback you or I have ever seen? Uh, a, uh, a little bit. A little bit. Just because, for me, what Andrew Luck did his first year in Indy when they went from the worst record in the NFL and then he got them to the playoffs. You know, I thought he had, it, I, to be believe it or not, I thought he had an MVP caliber season. He, I, I, went, I went through and did a bunch of it. So he, Andrew Luck is a great one. He threw for 4,300 yards, had the 430 yard game uh, and went 11 and five. That's yeah. definitely on the short list. Yeah. Adrian Peterson uh, won the MVP of that year, but I thought he was in the conversation for what he did with that team for where they were the season before. Um, Herbert's was really good. Mayfield's wasn't bad. Um you know, Flacco made it to the AFC Championship game. So did Mark Sanchez, but that was more defense and everything else that carried them there. Roethlisberger's rookie year was awesome. Thirteen I mean, and zero as a starter yeah. for Ben. I, I so here are the ones I wrote down: uh, Andrew Luck, Big Ben going thirteen and zero as a starter. You remember Russell Wilson threw for three eighty in a playoff win? Yeah, 
That's right. That was insane. Uh, RG3, 4,000 yards from scrimmage. Yeah, and then he had the knee injury. And then, so Herbert went 31-10, and 10, 31 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, shattered the touchdown record for a rookie. And then Cam Newton, 4,700 yards from scrimmage with 35 touchdowns. But he did have 17 picks. I think it's going to be hard for Houston to make the playoffs, but my God, does that kid look like he doesn't let anything bother him. He's so poised. He's got, he can make every throw just a total stud. And their offensive line has been uh, pretty poor and they're, and they can't run the ball consistently either. So it's all, he's got, a, he's got a defensive head coach. I know we like his offensive coordinator. Who's going to be a head coach, but still yep. he's got a stud left tackle. And then, as you point out, a not very good offensive line. Nico Collins and Tank Dell, they were the second worst team in football last year. I know. It is insane how good he is, man. And we, and uh, yeah, and we crushed them for the trade they made with Arizona, which they probably still shouldn't have done. But who cares now that you've got maybe the best, the best young quarterback in football? Oh, but I mean, that trade's looking years. a lot better, though, because their pick is not going to, I mean, yeah, you know, Will Will Anderson is a better player than what Arizona is going to be able to get with that pick. So the next game, you have Raiders and Giants, and I think you might have written this question out before we got the news about Daniel Jones. So Spencer's probably going to put something up on the video here for our YouTube viewers, but I'm actually going to call it, call an audible here because the Jones potentially having a torn ACL and being done for the year, and what that does for the Giants' outlook, both. We know what the short term is. I mean, they're going to be, if DeVito has to play, they're going to be, they already are the worst offense in football. They're going to set, you know, even more uh, dubious records. But what does that do for them <clears throat> this offseason at the quarterback position for you? Well, dude, I mean, DeVito can't throw. Right. So, yeah, he, I, he, he, I mean, he, he's, he can't possibly be a top. 90 quarterback in the world. I mean, how many college players are better than him? It, it, he uh, is not several. an NFL player. I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm flabbergasted that he's on an NFL team. I really am. It is unbelievable. Like he, he cannot throw the ball. So now that Daniel Jones is hurt, like they should start him every game. They, they absolutely should tank. And they should try to get and hope that Arizona wins a game and hope that Carolina wins a game or two. And they should try to get Caleb Williams or Drake May and get a top two pick. There's there's no question about it. Daniel, the contract was a mistake. It'll be a weird year next year. So is Daniel Jones is someone else's starting quarterback next year, or is he a very, very, very expensive backup for the Giants? Depending on which quarterback you get and what his recovery time is, and maybe he starts for four, six, eight games and then seeds way to the next guy who comes in. Well, like if they get one of those, if they get one of the top two picks, uh they're not they're not waiting around. I mean, Caleb Williams isn't backing up. Daniel Jones in week one, even if the guy's hundred percent healthy. I, I tend I tend to I tend to agree with you, but it, dude, you have a two-win team, an offensive coach who in theory that you like, and 
the ability to lose every single game the rest of the year for sure. You can't win if you have a quarterback who can't throw. <laughs> like, yeah, can't it can't happen. So yeah, they should tank. It's their season's over, man. It's over. And uh, by the way, how how badass was that for the Raiders? Uh, smoking victory cigars in the locker room. Like, how, it just how, confirmed everything we thought about Josh McDaniels. That not only is he, you know in over his head as a head coach, but he's un- incredibly unlikable and you know, super uh, passive aggressive and uh, incapable of communicating to adults on a basic le- level as a leader. And so that whole meeting scoop that came out today did not surprise me because it kind of confirmed what everybody on the outside thought of the guy. So he'll probably go back to New England as long as Belichick's the head coach there. Yeah, or just collect his money, but I just, God, that, I don't know if he has an ounce of humility in his body, but his team scored, didn't score over 20 offensive points in any game this year. They have 24 in the first half. Yeah. As soon as he gets fired. We'll see if it's the Jeff Saturday effect and if this happens again uh, when they play the Jets next week. Uh, Okay, so so you have New England and Washington next. What's the question? Okay, did you see the roughing the passer call on Henry? I did. I did. Okay. Then there's the one in the Bills-Bengals game that we just finished watching where the dude, like, grazes Burrow after he threw it and got called, which is was insane. But it did not even approach how terrible the one was on Henry, the Washington uh, guy, who sacked Mac Jones. He got a roughing the passer penalty on a sack where there was no helmet-to-helmet contact. Yeah. Dude, I know it's hyperbole, prisoner-of-the-moment stuff to say, that's the worst call I've ever seen. Make it flag football. That might be the worst call I've ever seen. What does the NFL do here? They don't know how, they don't know how to adjudicate these body weight calls. Um, they've got to have somebody, I think, that is in their ear telling them to pick the flag up in situations like that. So it doesn't even have to go to replay. I think they need help. It's really bad because even the quarterbacks, your Kurt Warners of the world are coming out and ripping the league for it. Former guys don't like the way the game is just, you know, globally speaking. I actually thought that the officiating mired a lot of the games that I watched today. Like I thought, I thought it negatively impacted the Eagles and Cowboys game big time. Yep. The, 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 the number of calls, the quality of calls. And I even would have said that a little bit about the Sunday night game, especially that intentional grounding at the end of the first half. So there's just way too many penalties that happen in a game. And I guess if you see a penalty, you call it. But in, in the case of these roughing the passer penalties, you know, they're making up stuff. It's not even there. They're taking it too far. And, 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 it, and it makes the viewing experience a lot worse. And I, listen, I get it. I, I, I read the list of quarterbacks who played today. We, we want to watch stars play quarterback. I understand that. But the dude, ta- he, he sacked him. He sacked him. Yeah. And he fell. He didn't drive him into the ground. He didn't pick him up and spear him. That He, he fell when he sacked him. The, it's gravity. I don't, By I don't the know. way, uh, I don't think that Josh Harris is going to hire Bill Belichick now. After watching his team with Ron Rivera go in there and drop the Patriots to two and seven, the worst record in the AFC.
Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, your game, Saints and Bears. Uh, it looked like the Tyson Bajan uh, mania was going to live on after the first 10 minutes of that game with those Cole Komet touchdowns. But can we put this to bed now? This idea that the kid from Shepard is this, you know, Brock Purdy 2.0, Tony Romo 2.0. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I listen, I. If Tyson Bagent has a 10-year career in the NFL as a backup, it's a massive success. It's already a massive success. He signed a three-year, $2.8 million contract. He said his backup plan, if the NFL didn't work out, was going to be to crossfit his life away and be a gym teacher in West Virginia. So he's already hit life's lottery. And he bounced back from the first terrible interception with a touchdown drive. He's got moxie. He gets the ball out quick. Uh, When things go according to plan, he's solid. He can execute a game plan. That's what a backup quarterback does. But when they have to play from behind and he has to like five-step drop and drill a timing route, like a crosser over the middle on third and 12, and he's got to pick up 14 yards and throw it beyond the sticks, it's not so good. He's he's got a, an average at best arm strength, and he throws the ball behind him, and he, he there's more film on him, and these guys are jumping routes, and it was ugly today. He had four turnovers by himself, three picks, and a bad fumble to lose the game. He can't do that. He's got six turnovers in two games. I can't believe that he got used to like build up Beijing to tear down fields. In retrospect, now that looks even worse. It was ridiculous. That, that smear campaign that was going on uh, during Sunday Night Football last weekend to make fields look really bad for this guy. It reminds me a lot of what I experienced with Duck Hodges here. Same thing. Easy guy to root for, undrafted. You know, you know, doesn't have an NFL arm, but can read a defense and can hit You know, short routes in rhythm quickly, yeah. all that. And then also the fact that you know Duck had personality and – now he's dating Laney Wilson, the country music star, and is retired from football. Like this guy just reminds me of him so much. 
the, the, the only other thing I'll say about this game is the Saint the Saints really should be embarrassed that they needed all those takeaways today to just win a game in the Superdome against the Bears by only a touchdown. If they had pl- now I know there are a lot of backup quarterbacks that played today, but that reminds me of like a fantasy football matchup where you don't score a lot of points, but you just so happen to play like a guy who scored the lowest number of points for that week. Yeah. That's what the Saints got today. The Saints were not good. Their defense took advantage of a quarterback that was in over his head, but they would have lost to a lot of teams today and have really no business being in first place. They're only there because their division is so bad. It's really hard to not cover the spread when you get five turnovers. I know, and they didn't. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's a really impressive accomplishment. Okay. All right, no, let, let me, I'll ask you this one. All right. Because uh, you're Mr. AFC North. Browns would be the sixth seed if the season ended today. Although that might have changed, actually, after the night game. But they'd be I in think the playoffs. I think it's seven now, but but continue. Okay, my apologies. When Point I wrote this, stands. But they, but they they would be in the playoffs. All four AFC North teams would be in the playoffs. Uh, would you consider them a scary, nobody-wants-to-play-them type of playoff team? Okay, so here's the rub with this, though. Like, I'm going to compare them to the other teams that would be AFC wildcard teams or are knocking on the door to be a wildcard team right now. So you've got the Bengals, who are not in first place. They would you've be got, the sixth seed, by the way. It's okay. it's Pittsburgh would be five, Cleveland would be six, and, so and Buffalo would be seven. And, and Buffalo would be seven. Oh, so where's Cincy? Oh, you know what? Yeah, my thing hasn't updated. You're right. Okay. You're right. Um, I, I, I apologize. I mean, I, among teams that are wild cards, Cincy. Yeah, Buffalo would, would, would be would, Buffalo would be Buffalo would be. Yeah, I mean, I know I I know I harangued Buffalo at the beginning of the sh- of the podcast here, but you know Buffalo would scare me more, uh, just because Josh Allen. Same with same with Cincinnati for sure because of their pay- playoff success. Um, you know I think they'd be neck and neck with the Steelers, and then the other team that's not in is is the Chargers, and you know you've got the Herbert factor where you know that guy could come out even though he hasn't done it yet in a big game so talking myself through it like no I don't think in fact I think if I think if the number two seed could draft the team that they were going to play in the first round they'd probably pick the Browns from that list right so so okay so right now uh Cleveland is six so your team is five Cleveland is six since he is seven okay I think Cincy clearly is the scariest team of the of those wildcard teams, right? Yeah. So it comes down to if, if it ended the day, who would you rather play, Pittsburgh or Cleveland? You know, I think I think people would answer Pittsburgh. I do I too. Pe- I think teams would rather play the Steelers. I do too. They've been outgained in every game they've played in. They've got a negative point differential. Um, the, the defense is pretty... real, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I follow a lot of people obviously that cover the Browns and watch the Browns religiously and they did not like the first half from Watson. Now things got better and Amari Cooper ended up having a huge game, but they, they didn't, they didn't face a real quarterback today. They basically got a scrimmage. They played a preseason game. 
Well, yeah, and I mean, right. like the that first touchdown from Watson, he dr- drilled it into the lineman's head, and it bounced up into the air, and then Cooper caught it. I mean, Watson did not look good at all. I know. Uh, so um, true. Uh, all right, Carolina and Indy. The Panthers can't score. How many wins do you see for Carolina the rest of the way? They've got Al Michaels' worst nightmare on Thursday Night Football, Bears and and Panthers. So I can actually see them with, with like much like they did last year. I could see improvement in this team. They didn't really subtract anything at the deadline. Their division isn't very good. So I think they could actually muck their way to like five or six wins. I don't think that that's out of the question. I really don't. I think they could be, I think they could play 500 football in the second half of the year. I think that's possible. Wow. Yeah, I do. I think that, that, they can't that, score. No, I, that, that's not really a commentary on them and how good I think they are as much as it is who they'll play. Um, yeah, I mean, I got it right here. Chicago, so four of their next five are on the road. At Chicago, home against Dallas, at Tennessee, at Tampa, at New Orleans, home against Atlanta, home against Green Bay, in Jacksonville, home against Tampa. Yeah, I mean, they're all NFC South teams. And then you've got Jacksonville and Dallas sprinkled in there as teams they probably shouldn't beat, but we saw Dallas go to Arizona. And yeah, and Green, and Green and Green Bay is obviously, right. obviously bad. And So, yeah. I mean, to me, so I, I think they could actually win enough to – you know, cost the Bears the number one pick. I I just don't, after watching that game and seeing the interception that Young threw for for a touchdown at the end of the first half. On the screen pass? Yeah, yeah, I don't know how Panthers fans sleep at night right now because of what's gone on with C.J. Stroud. Yep. Look, you know, if I were the GM in Carolina, I said I wouldn't have taken Young. But I also have to be honest and say that I wasn't the biggest Stroud guy either. So I would have, you know, I, I would have probably, t- I think we talked about it. I think if I had to pick a quarterback from this draft, I would have taken Richardson among the top end guys, the top drawer guys. Uh, but I know someone who did want CJ Stroud and it's the dude that's the head coach of the <laughs> Panthers, which that has to just grade at him and eat at him nonstop that he could have that player right now. And if you, and if he did, Think about how it changes everything because the NFC is so thin and light on quarterbacks. If Stroud were Carolina's quarterback, I might buy stock in them for the next 10 years. Who else? You've got Hurts in Philly. Goff is gonna is getting close to 30. I mean, they would have an unbelievable situation. Yeah, I mean, there's a really good chance that Caleb and Drake May are going to end up in the NFC with... Arizona, the Bears having their pick and Carolina's pick, the Giants being in it. So so maybe the quarterback balance will start to shift a little bit. But yeah, it's it's very, very, very lopsided AFC right now. Um, I do not think it's going to be 500 the rest of the way because they just they can't score the ball. But I definitely could see them winning two or three more games and not gifting the Bears a top two pick. The last game you have written down here is Rams Packers. And this is the question you wrote out for this. I, I thought about this for a legit five minutes and this was the best I could come up with. Was there a single thing interesting from this game? No, neither of these teams can make the playoffs. 
Neither of these teams are bad enough to get a great quarterback. Neither of these teams seem to have the answer at quarterback. So that doesn't really feel like they're building on something. The Rams are at the end of a run and injured. And the Packers have Jordan Love that they've signed to that fake extension. And they're claiming they're going to give him next year, but we'll see. I mean, Aaron Jones was back and he's very productive, but they didn't trade him at the deadline. Okay, fine. They're trying to help out Jordan Love. The what? What, what am I missing? Did you have something? It was. It's I mean, the game another, was the game was seven three at half, yeah, it, and the it, Packers scored on a Rams turnover. It's just another data point for me that Jordan Love is not a good NFL quarterback, and I just wonder because we we talked about this. There's no owner there. The ramifications of him not being good, and the consequences for that. They did something that alienated one of the greatest players in NFL history to do that to make that pick. And when it fails, who pays for it? Does Matt LaFleur pay for it? Does the GM there pay for it? I mean, the president, Murphy, I mean, there's, you would think a decision like that that backfires this way, even with their precedent of, hey, we always take a quarterback early. We'd rather be early than late on a guy because it worked the last time we did it. Even with that in mind, like, in a normal situation where there's an owner like a Mark Davis or a Jim Ursay, I would think that heads would completely roll there after this season. And they would just gut the entire organization. That's the type of move that should get everybody fired, Danny. Oh, I mean, I, dude, I agree. I've said it a hundred times. All they needed to do was stand pat and, and take draft, T. Higgins and draft T. Higgins. And Aaron Rodgers retires as a Packer and he has more than one Super Bowl. Like, for sure. And Devontae Adams is still a Packer. Like, like a lot changes if they just do that. Um, but they didn't. And here we are. But that was not new off of that game today, which was unbelievably uninspiring. Um, we will be back. We're going to do the live show for the Scores YouTube page after the Sunday night games. So if you dig what we do here, subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We do this on after Thursday night football as well, where we react to the Thursday game. This week it'll be Bears and Panthers. And then we uh, preview the whole week ahead. And next week's Slate Pony, not nearly as good uh, as, as this week's was. But we do have Jacksonville, San Francisco. Browns, got some, Ravens. Got Browns, Ravens. Got some divisional matchups. So... Not not terrible. It's never completely terrible. But the primetime games next week are terrible. I think it's like Raiders Jets is one of them. Yeah, uh, Raiders Jets. Uh, yeah, that, I don't know what the Monday night game is off the top. Yeah, of my it's, head, it's so the Ra- Ra- Raiders Jets, uh, Bears Panthers, and the other one is oh yeah Broncos Bills is the Monday night game. So next week's primetime matchups are pretty brutal. But uh, anyway, we do this thing twice a week. First and Pod, Spencer Ray's our producer. Subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend. First and Pod, peace. Sell. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.